Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Uh, like plants that stick to you? Plants that sting you yes. if you touch them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They're like weeds. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I wasn't sure. You know, different plants, different environments and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I get stung with one today in my garden because oh I was wearing Ooh. shorts. That's all right. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I fell into a batch of them, so it wasn't as bad as that, but it's just annoying. I haven't been stung with one for about 20 years. <laughs> all right. Let's see if this works out the way that I hope it does. And it did. It worked out exactly the way I thought it, it would. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to something brand brand new, the Genreverse Battle World Podcast, GV's Battle World Podcast. What the hell is that? Uh, we decided that there's a few of us here that like war war movies. The Genreverse Podcast Network is about broadening our horizons, and damn it, fucking war movies are a genre. So let's let's talk some war movies. <laughs> Um, one of the cool things about this, this podcast and the, the idea behind it and the, the three of us that are involved, myself, Kyle, I'm also joined by Shockey. What's up, bud? Not too much. How about y'all? Doing good. And of course, our other cohort from the, uh, Cantina podcast, our Star Wars podcast, Cam Clark. Hi. And each of us kind of brings a little something different to the, to the idea. Uh, point of view of of war mo- movies. Um, all three of us, first off, are huge film film buffs. Uh, so like the technical stuff, you know, your c- cinematography, acting, writing, th- things like that. We we all we can discuss discuss things like that. Shocky teaches history. He's yep. studied history in academia. He's got that 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 book learning. I have a military background, both. Ha- having served myself as well as grown up with a Cold War era uh, soldier father. Um, And then Cam is Scottish. So, well, you know, that works itself. You know, there was some famous uh, general once said that the greatest army in the world would have American technology, German commanders and Scottish infantrymen. Mm -hmm. I was also going to point out that Cam does have... uh, uh some um experience in uh was it tv production or film production a little bit experience like in the in the writing side yeah yeah a little bit on the writing side and some of the best historians out there are the armchair historians they're the ones that will one day write to a journal and get published and become the next big name you see on on tv or something and a lot of them might just have a simple, you know, bachelor's degree, might not even have a de- degree. So there, there's awesome things that each of us are bring, bringing to this, a passion for history, a passion for... Yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a history buff as well, when, exactly. especially when it comes to some of the, the wars. 
actually, you know, which mm. I think, are, especially World War Two, which I, I find a fascinating subject. You know, I yeah. could watch documentaries on that all that's, day long. That's what I meant by the the ar- armchair histor- historian yeah, is the I guess. Hi- yeah. history buff. Yeah, um, that's that's what my my dad was. He he's a history teacher too, and uh, I I told him that he couldn't call himself a historian though though until he was published, uh, yeah. or or he got his his doctorate. And, Did he do uh, both? Uh, he's been published and he's working on his doc doctorate. So he, he <laughs> so is he's a historian a... now. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's the ongoing joke for the the history majors in college. Uh, you are just a, a guy who graduated with a history degree, but not a historian until you get published. That yeah. Is, or you get the PhD. There. The PhD. And it's funny or the PhD. Comes correct. To movies yeah. because strictly speaking, movies don't get published have anyway, to definitely. be yeah. sort of historically accurate do they you know a, a war movie doesn't have to be historically mm-hmm. accurate nope. but at the same time sometimes when it's so obviously not it can ruin the film as well yeah. you know like i'm just thinking off the top of my head here enigma you know mm. um which was particularly offensive to to um the british <laughs> because they they basically just decided to pretend that it was americans that that got a hold of and cracked the Enigma code machine in World War II, you know, so um, that might kind of play well in an American obvi- an audience that doesn't know their history, but, you know, once you play that over in the UK, people are going to be like, wait a minute, that, I don't like this now, you know, so there are sometimes situations where um, historical accuracy can be important in a war movie as well. Yep. Most uh, John Wayne movies are not historically accurate. I mean, is that a fact? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a few of them. My dad yeah, yeah. is a massive John Wayne um, fan, mostly the Cowboys, but I've seen, I've seen the odd uh, war movie. But I think at the time, the time of those though, it was they were more like propaganda movies. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you know, basically, um, which the other sides were doing as well. It's just you know, our side won. And, you know, obviously American films became part of kind of pop culture all over the world. So of we course. remember those ones more. But that was done. You know, Russia did the same thing. Germany did the same thing when it comes to sort of propaganda war movies. So, yeah, that, you know, we're all bringing the, these unique things and, and points of view to 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 the podcast. And uh, it's not going to be a cantina style for those of you that know what the cantina is uh it's not going to be a cantina style review we're not going to go step by step but we're going to be talking about uh saving private ryan today today marks 77 years since operation overlord since d-day as it's yep. uh commonly known uh june 6th 19 1944 um and... i think when it when it comes to dd movies that's the one that sticks in your head because it's yeah. not a particular thing that was covered in a lot of the bigger movies before is it you, you had know? the long uh, was it the longest, the longest day? day yeah the longest, the longest day, day yeah but like what cam was saying there were more propaganda the, films yeah. that, like yeah. it was and more it like boosting the, it up yeah you know the technical know-how at that point to like really immerse you in to what that was like so the yeah. first time we had really you know you've you hear it talked about you hear people talking about what happened especially on omaha beach but you didn't really get an idea of what it was like until you saw Saving Private Ryan's opening. I don't yeah. Think. Uh, so that's kind of like the first thing I wanted to kind of talk about was our our first time seeing this. This film came out in '98. Um, it uh, got nominated for eleven Academy Awards, which is awesome. Um, it only won five, 
uh, lost best picture to Shakespeare in Love, which was garbage. Oh, it's yeah, not Oscar like for you. Uh, but uh, Spiel- Spielberg did get his second director's Oscar for for, for this mm-hmm. film. I saw it with with my my dad. You know, he's he was an infantryman. He was in the the hundred and first. Um, he he knows all about uh, the the units there. The uh, uh, the five hundred first. First, you know, uh, my dad was in um, 187, 327, and 50, 50 Deuce. He actually did three different t- time, times at Campbell with the 101st anyways. Um, and so we we went and saw it. We were at uh, Fort Benning while he was in drill sergeant school. And um, there were some older people there and a lot of tears and all the media hi- hype that you heard about what this movie was doing to people that had either lived it or uh, even people with what we call PTSD these days from Vietnam and and Desert Storm not being able to sit through the film. And uh, even for my dad, it it was a a tough, tough film for for him to watch, but it was such a – uh, an engrossing movie, and he—I'm a Tom Hanks fan. I'll watch him sit in a chair for t- two hours. <laughs> yeah, I got you with that. Yeah, yeah, you know. But he, his story, his re- reactions, and uh, someone who whoever wrote his character is obviously uh, inspired by Colonel Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain from the Twentieth uh, Maine in the the Civil War, um, because they have a lot lot in common, but. Yeah, man, it was it was an impact impactful movie. Not just to see, but see the re- reactions around me. I, I don't know what what, what yeah, about you? you but I, th- I, I think that you know, if if a war movie doesn't kind of almost disturb you in some way, it isn't hard to watch, especially for someone that's, that's had service. Then it's not quite doing its job right. Does that make sense? If you know, because if it's this it, we shouldn't war movie. we yeah. shouldn't trivialize, you know, war in that way. It shouldn't be. I don't think just entertainment, um, and um, and it's not, it's not, it is entertaining, but it's not entertainment. If if if, if you if you take my meaning, yeah, you know, saving Private Ryan, it doesn't pull punches. Yeah, you, know, you take for... uh, um, a great army movie. Every soldier lo- loves it. Stripes. It's yep. stupid funny. Yeah, we absolutely love it because the Marines they get all the the films because they're 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 star you know limelight. Hogs, but the the army, we're like, fuck it, man, man. We're too busy working to bother with Hollywood shit. So we got we got stripes. But yeah, you're right. This type of of movie, it needed to send a a message. And god damn, damn, dude, Spielberg did it. I think what's special about this movie too is really the first fifteen minutes. You know, D Day itself was only fifteen minutes or fifteen twenty minutes of this movie right off the bat, and then. That, that was the most action we get in the movie until the machine gun nest. Yeah. Until we get the, you know, the very end yeah. when they meet private Ryan. And from, you know, from the, the studies I've done of world war two and stuff, it was, a it was pretty much a, you know, a reality for a lot of us soldiers because us soldiers didn't really enter the war till the latter part of it where Germany had basically already been hunkered down. So it was more, all right, get to a place, battle, boom, take over that area, 
march get to another yeah. area it wasn't constant conflict it wasn't constant war and so that's what i like i've appreciated or i've at least talked to you know um uh, world war ii veterans who appreciated this film was that it wasn't all action mm-hmm. that it was a lot of we have our you know we have our you know our our action it's, moment yeah there was a lot of downtime yep you and know, then you have your downtime. to go from one place to yep. the next yep. and um, it was all about speed as well it was all get to where they need to get exactly quickly. get to the next point um, get to the next yeah. point get to the next you know, point it was ultimately it was it was the nazi tactics of blitzkrieg in reverse mm-hmm. do you know what i mean that Correct. they employed um whereas the nazi kind of took just took the, the the defensive position but jesus i mean Compared to in all the beaches that Allied forces landed on, you know, if you're going to show one on film, it has to be Omaha Beach, right? right. Because the amount of lives lost in Omaha Beach compared to the, all the other landings, it just dwarfs them completely because they were not as bad as that anywhere else because the Germans weren't prepared, you know, um, and yeah. and it was just America really that was unless I'm wrong about this um, that were in Omaha Beach. You know, um, so the Americans did get the worst of that. Um, Correct. The kind of German defences um, by landing at that kind of particular point compared to, you know, British, Canadian, all that sort of stuff, which had landings elsewhere, which were, I mean, they were still defended, but not as extreme as that. And there wasn't anywhere near the kind of amount of lives lost um, as there was on Omaha. Yeah. Um, luckily, D-Day itself and... They don't. They kind of show a little bit th- throughout the story when they're like looking for Ryan. Uh, they run into like um, the lost paratrooper. You know, he missed his point. They run into mm-hmm. the crashed uh, 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 aircraft and the the crew, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we dumped them s- somewhere." They touch on on that a little bit. Like, a, people don't realize how much went in into Overlord. We actually floated a dead bo- body with fake <laughs> yeah. documents. Mm-hmm. To convince the Germans that we were going to go further towards uh, Kali, right? Or K- yeah, K- it, right? Kali, Kali. Kali. There, there, there you go. Um, um, yeah, and because that and, was the most obvious because it was the shortest distance. Exactly, um, and it did work a and bit. Patton, they did focus. Patton a um, had a fake army in Britain yep. as well, the so he was in charge army. of the inflatable army. Correct. You know, they they used to to make it look as if they were yep. whereas the real army was all. All kind of hidden away and everything like that. It was an absolutely huge effort. And there has never been an invasion mm-hmm. like that in history or since. Again, mm-hmm. you know, a, a water-based sort of land invasion. And maybe the way modern technology is now, that never will happen again. You'll never have something like, like that, that, you know. Right. Um, so it, it really was a one-off, you know. Um, the, the weather played a big factor in the casualties sustained on the beach uh, because the weather, weather uh, is yeah. what kept the boats from softening up anti-air uh, batteries and mm-hmm. the beach defenses themselves. And they were Since, a DLA launch yep, as well because, fit, was, right? you know, exactly. and they had to just go, fuck it, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go, and it just became that, yeah. So that anti-air, of course, if you've seen the Band of Brothers series, you guys know what the AA did, and a little bit bit in this movie, that meant that the come from behind and take out targets didn't happen as efficiently as we had hoped, and the naval bombardment wasn't as effective on the beaches 
as, as we hoped, and not all the beach landings happened on 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 time. Either. Yeah, a lot of the technology didn't yeah. work as well. Like a lot of the getting the tanks off and on, right. a lot of them sunk straight so to the, the bottom. The you know because this was brand new technology designed mm-hmm. just for this. No one had ever done anything like that before. Just so. Practice runs and some. Yeah, and it's not. It's just not the same as <laughs> as actually you know going over the the English Channel, you know, which is um, still a massive body of water. As a human, as you as you sit and go over a boat, it's it's not. It looks small on a map, but geez, you know, Mike. And you kind of see it at the you know in throughout the movie is that or the you know on D Day part of Saving Private Ryan is that the Germans were prepared for that because the the last that they see of the the British you know is Dunkirk. Yeah, you know, Dunkirk is they evacuate and come back over, and so well, other, and, and other than that in was Africa, two years because. We were still right in Africa, Africa, right, right, of course, um, but, but right, Europe, but um, yeah. Europe, yeah. yeah, in Europe, Hitler basically, you know, saw them leave, you know, from Dunkirk was the last of the British, yeah. and so he knew that he had to protect the beaches, and so they made these massive, you know, um, shells, you know, uh, or uh, what is it called? Like I always call them the jack spikes um, to prevent, you know, any tanks, you know, coming back yeah, yeah. up onto the on the beaches, and then of course, you know all the uh, artillery that was basically stationed yeah. there. So ready for any, at any point. Um, but you know, to, to organize that big of a, an operation to organize anything that extreme was just on, you know, it's, it's never going to happen again in history. You, you can, yeah. You can't, you can't. Yeah. And also what the Germans couldn't do was completely man the entire French coast. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they had to choose where and where to focus the forces and where they had less. And that was a big part of it because if we had, if we had launched into somewhere where they were expecting us casualties, it you know, worked. would have mm-hmm. been crazy and it potentially would have failed. Yeah. 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 And, um, Hey, so, guys, I just way you stopped said our oh. videos because uh, the audio started getting choppy, but we're, we're, we're okay. still good. Keep going. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, like, when you talk about technology, uh, like the limited uh, amount of technology with no tanks and everything, you see that in Saving Private Ryan, where as they storm the beach and they're trying to break through on the, the first ridge, yeah. they have to break through that fence, but they have to use basically pipes and, you know, and try to dig a hole through it so that they can lean and, and basically send um, – explosives over yep. to kind of blow up an area so that they can start walking through and getting into that uh the second wave of where the the heavy artillery that the germans had had basically stationed themselves on so like you're right basically everything that had been planned on doing whether it was coming in from behind whether it was air support um tanks basically went out the window and it was more improvised than anything else um and and that was a good thing that spielberg showed because previous movies didn't really show that didn't really show how you know a lot no. of the 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 leaders you know the because you um, wouldn't you wouldn't have done that in a propaganda type film you don't know right show correct. the mistakes yeah. do you you don't no. show stuff failing because you know we're the good guys we couple, never get anything wrong good guys that's fall. not true couple mm-hmm. good guys fall fall down and then get get up and 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 ca- carry on do you guys know the one big glaring unrealistic thing in this entire scene is it's the underwater bullet damage. Yes, yes. <laughs> the underwater bull- bullets lose so much energy Speed. the moment mm-hmm. they hit water. Uh, right. Mythbusters took a, a a mod deuce style. Well, they use a sn- sniper version, but a fifty caliber ri- rifle, and and shot it and just watched it lose all of its energy within a, a matter of 
inches to like a foot and it right. was done like you could have like just padded it away like you were an anime character <laughs> and from the distance that they were firing upon too yep it, it would the the bullets would have had very little uh impact on but i, it I, I remember added, reading it? it added to the to the horror of the scene yes of certain. course yeah like, yeah yeah no escape like no no escape i, I forgot what book what it I liked was. Is that they showed it's really horrific, but they showed people just drowning under the weight yes, of their equipment. That's what it, that yeah, does happen. Absolutely, absolutely did happen. Yeah. You know, that um, was the the big key there was that the amount of weight that those soldiers were carrying on their mm-hmm. on their sacks and everything. Um, that's what ultimately led to their yes, to the demise. That if, was if a anything. huge, huge issue. So um, the there's no denying the the realism of the scene, minus that the the horrors of people picking up limbs. The, the shell shock mo- moment that uh, Tom Hanks' mm-hmm. char- character has, the cap- captain has, um, uh, where he just sees everything going on and then it c- clicks, okay, t- time time for action, t- t- time for move. Mm-hmm. The the medics getting mad at the, the loss of li- life. And one thing to, to rem- remember, especially la- later on in the movie with uh, Giovanni Ribisi's medic character with Doc, um, U.S. Army medics are combatants now they're marked as medical staff uh because in the rules of engagement you're not supposed to target medical staff unless they are targeting you so that means if if you're fighting a a state opponent that's following the the so-called rules and they see a medic working on someone they're not supposed to shoot that that medic now if that medic picks up and returns fire the medics now no longer performing medic duties and is is a is a target um they have this 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 mission this drive though i've known several medics uh including a, a a ranger medic and and just that drive of the patient that that is their their sole mission when they're gearing up to go go outside and and it, if shit hits the fan, yeah. it's that patient. All else be damned. And those were some of my you know the most har- harrowing moments. But some of my favorite moments are with uh, the the medics lo- losing patients, fighting to stay with a patient that's still alive because they they just want to try to sa- save one. Just oh god. But just having to make decisions as well to move on to yep. people that are got a better chance of survival and who That's doesn't, you know. And... Usually the battalion surgeon, the officer, not the enlisted medic that gets to do that, or the the senior medic, the guy that's got the the experience. Then that's that scene where he's like, "This one's gone." Mark Tourniquet, kit. Yeah, this one yep. you can help me, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's. Tri- triage man it's it's that's the toughest to me like I, there's no way i could do triage there's no way like i give all my respect to any medic in the in, in any service cause... you know they just have to they have to turn it off because yep. if they don't someone else dies they, they lose everyone you know right. they've got you know if they if, if if 50 men get injured and they save 30 you know that's that's a good that's a good shift but if they if they didn't do a triage system maybe they only save 10 because yeah, they don't man. get to someone else quick enough, you know, and they just can't do that. So yeah. it's just part of the training, isn't it? I suppose it is for, these for, days. I it mean, do- even doctors casualty. in the hospitals yep. are similar, mm-hmm. you know, in some ways, you know, I mean, they, 
they, they, have, to, they have to switch off the kind of emotional side and just, mm. you know, you're just a patient. You're just a problem. And, you know, they, they, that's the way they have to think about it, you know, to, to get through the day, I think, sometimes. Yeah. So uh, moving on a little little bit from D-Day, you know, the, the whole mission here basically is they, they took the, the true story of the Sullivan brothers, uh, mm. a, a group of Navy brothers that all perished on, this, on the same boat. Really, really, really ter- terrible idea. Um, it helped the military institute a last souls survivor uh, uh, program, which does not <laughs> does not mean that you cannot be be drafted, and does not right. mean that you cannot serve. There are there are things that can can be done, and yes, you you can still serve your your country, even if you are the very last person in in your your family. There's just additional paperwork for it, but uh. It, it was it's a it was a t- terrible thing, and what the military did do is it tried to make make sure it split siblings up, mm-hmm. and that's what happens with with the Ryan brothers. They were split up, but they all were part of Overlord, except for mm-hmm. one. One was in Africa and 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 died uh, a little bit earlier, right. but two of them died in Over Overlord. With the third one lost, and now a mom is going to get three folded flags and has no no idea about her her fourth son and so they they tasked uh they tasked uh tom hanks uh uh captain um i I keep wanting to say hiller hiller that's that's freaking will smith in uh independence day uh miller captain miller (laughs) Uh, oh that's a different movie we can exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's a different war movie we're going on uh uh captain miller uh they basically say hey pick the cream of your your crop a squad plus and let's go go get this guy he's dropped back there somewhere and and get get him home and Mm -hmm. it's coming from the 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 chief of staff you know this is go going to happen i'll tell you what let, let's mention the 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 cast here here guys we get to see young like vin diesel uh, young Adam Goldberg, Giovanni Ribisi, Ted Danson is in this movie. It's a great cast. Giamatti's in this mo- movie, and dude, Nathan Fillion as the wrong Private Ryan. Right. <laughs> Listen, like, uh, so it's so sad, but this movie he's so funny in it. <laughs> yeah, this movie, and then um, Black Hawk Down had the the two most amazing casts mm-hmm. of of actors uh, like they were put in there before they hit their prime basically you know you have um tom hanks in his prime but everyone in this movie you have a young matt damon who is yet to hit his you know his stride vin diesel you know like like you said this cast was amazing adam goldberg who's gonna find you know success later on in uh in the goldberg tv show and, and stuff and but yeah it's it's unbelievable the only person that i think that was missing from this movie was ben affleck so yeah, <laughs> but he was he was busy trying to do the the thin red line, Hubble. which I did yeah. not like as as much. But um, this Pearl Harbor after that was a couple yeah, Pearl yeah, Harbor. Yeah, he got he got his war yeah. movie later. Yeah, he yeah. got he, 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 a good one. But, but both times yeah. he played over in the Pacific. See, that's the problem playing over there with the Navy and the Marines. Go go Army. Anyways, um, 
Uh, so our group of rangers, and for the, those of you that don't know, uh, the rangers have a very storied past in the in the United States Ar Army going back to the revolu revolution. Uh, they are special operations to, to a degree. They're elite infantry unit, uh, light infantry unit in the United United States Army. They're ba badasses. I love well, working I mean, with and around them. At that point in time in World War II, the Americans they were didn't have special forces. No, so they would like have been now. the special forces. They were you know, the special because forces. Really, it was in World War II, the idea of special forces was kind of invented in the and first place. You your know, SAS so, yeah. helped spawn uh, uh, the Rangers became, who helped yeah. create the training regimen for the Green Berets and those guys and helped create the and SEALs. And, sort of stuff. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It's just oh. advancement of warfare. Yeah. But all of it can can go back to the these Rangers and I I, I you know, there there's a medal that you, you get for doing your job well, not like super well. I'm saying like, oh, hey, you finished under budget or or you know behind or ahead of schedule. Ahead of schedule. So right. there's uh, something called the Ar Army Achievement Medal. Uh, sometimes they mean a, a lot because you you did something extra beyond your your nine nine to five, right? And they mm -hmm. reward it for you, and you're like, yeah, hey. Other times it's like, yeah, you did your job and you did it well. Okay, sure, I'll I'll t take it. I got one from the Rangers, from the 75th Ranger Regiment, uh, be because I kind of was pawned off on them for four months to do work on 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 a on a base, a special base in Afghanistan. But for for me, it was just the experience of a of a lifetime for four months to get to play JSOC. But basically, I didn't wear my nor normal uniform. I didn't shave. I didn't. You know, I had a sidearm and some khakis, and and it's it it was great experience and and a wonderful chance to see that that side of the the army. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Rangers, the the they are more of the story. Story. This this group is more of the story than than Ryan ever ever could be. And throughout it, the the points that I love the most are them walking walking and talking the fact that they they have a pool on what their captain's job was and what his um uh home home is right mm -hmm. yeah. um they curse at each other they 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 do everything that me and my brothers and sisters did in afghanistan and iraq you know whether mm -hmm. we were in a stressful combat situation like my first time in iraq or even the laid-back construction times when or de deconstruction of afghanistan in, in 2013 both times man they're, you're still de dealing with crappy living conditions away from friends and family you can't easily fix a a, a faucet at home stresses and, and things like that and this movie again like Captain America in the Winter Soldier, or well, yeah, sure. Captain America in the Winter Soldier, Falcon in the <laughs> Winter Winter Soldier. This did such a great job of just showing you, showing you guys, we are that fucked up, we are that dark. And yes, the scene with the dog tags, you would have to get some of us to to stop doing because we're so so out of it that we're not even realized that the people around us aren't desensitized yet. That it happens. Yeah, yeah, 
So what do you I guys mean, think I, about I, stuff like that? Although I've never, you know, I've never been in the military. I've known a lot of my friends did go into the military, um, you know, and exactly as you say, these are the people with the darkest humours, you know, I mean, out, out of everyone, um, especially the one that was in the Navy, because um, you just cooked up my boat with people for, you know, and in those days in the <laughs> Navy, you didn't get women in the boat really or anything like that. So, um, you know, it was, it was obviously different days. So, you know, and they, to me, it was just like, you're just a bit fucked up in the head, to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> when you're in that environment, it's just, you know, it's different, you know. And he, well, one of my friends who, you know, was in the Navy, he, he really missed it, you know. And mm-hmm. and when he was 40, he ended up joining the sort of territorial army, which is, you know, para-regiment, which is, and now he goes, you know, various places and jumps at airplanes, etc. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, because he just, I think he just kind of missed that whole camaraderie that, that mm-hmm. you get from the military. Um, and he just wanted that back before he was too old to, to be able to do it kind of thing, you know, and he ended up in Afghanistan in his 40s, you know, so. Yeah, the, the private security, a, a, a.k.a. mercenaries, which I'll tell you what, Cam, I I did a job for some ages cats. The, the There's some good good dudes. It was uh two two Londoner Brits, one Aussie, and one Scot- Scottish guy mm-hmm. working for for ages over, over there. I'm not sure if the name ring, rings a bell, but they're a private yeah, security yeah. Firm, firm or were. Um. Anyways, Mike, your your thought on these in between the the walking, you know, like yeah, Captain Miller starts berating his his soldiers or uh, or starts talking shit about the mission without talking shit about about the mission because he's an officer he doesn't bitch down he bitches up right exactly like that was a key point and key element um that i think uh, most people can can relate to is that when you bitch about an assignment that you get whether you know in your office job or you know in in the military you you know you you don't bitch downwards you bitch upwards and stuff and and so when they try to get captain miller to talk about how the the uh, mission is foobard you know and stuff Mm -hmm. it's He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that because that's not the way it goes. I, it goes upwards, not downwards. And so, uh, but I think um, what the movie does a great job of is showing that brotherhood, like you're talking about there. And um, I think that anyone who has played sports, um, who has been in, you know, some yeah. type of, you know, camaraderie uh, of a club scouts. or anything, like that. yeah, There's scouts or anything, yeah. you you know that 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 kind yeah. of bondage that you build in that time, and you know, and the military shows the greatest example of that. And, you know, you see, you know, uh, veterans today, you know, th- that bond that they share, whether it's them, you know, acknowledging by, you know, having a hat on or something, you know, recognizing that they served in the military, you see that bond as they walk by each other and recognize each other and just give that certain nod and everything. That's ultimately what this movie does is it shows that this was, um, it, it, it shows that it, this was a regular, men you know miller was uh kevin a miller teacher. was a, a teacher english teacher right english and you know and that were drafted into this war that in they 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 answer the call of duty they go and serve and you know most of them um you know end up you know making it back to the united states but those who don't there's that burden of carrying you know the that you were with those men yeah. in, in their last days, in their last moments, and that you carry it with it for the rest of your life. And that's what the, the movie shows. It, um, I was watching one podcast that Spielberg does a great example of this 
or, or you know, of tricking the, the audience because at the beginning of the movie, we think that the old gentleman who's visiting um, in, uh, the, the funeral scene, um, or not the funeral, um, Arlington, Virginia, Mm-hmm. And we, it's Cap. We think that's Tom Hanks. Oh well, and, he's in. Uh, I thought they were. He he's in the 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 cemetery in 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 France. He's in oh, the that's right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yes, you're right. Cemetery in France. And you know, we think that's we think that's Tom Hanks when because he does a great transition mm-hmm. from close up on the eyes of the older gentleman to Tom Hanks. But then we realize that this is Private Ryan that who is carrying that burden that this man yeah. sacrificed his life. So that I could have a family, and I could have grandkids, and I could have I could see myself become old, and that's that's what the any type of bondage is, and in, in the military is the the best example of that. And this movie does a great job. I think Spielberg did a great job of showing why you know this gener that generation above and beyond is the greatest generation to ever you know yeah. be a part of human history. Um, and and sacrifice you know the future they have because i mean like you think about it captain miller was an english teacher living his life he, he, you know world war ii doesn't happen or his number doesn't get called yeah i mean these were people who chose military careers that didn't you know that's yeah. not what world war ii was world no. war ii was way after you get everybody who's fucking fit yep. to get out there you know Very because much. if we don't we're going to get fucked yeah and and you know that's just what it was unless you did a job that was needed back home like my paternal grandfather never went to the war but actually died anyway um mm. and it was because he was a steel worker so mm. you couldn't send steel workers because that was something that was needed and it yeah. wasn't a job that they could Correct. get women yep. to do mm-hmm. um at the time so he didn't go and he ended up dying before the war was over because of an accident at the, at the steel works anyway do you know what I mean? But my dad's stepfather that then married his mum, you know, later, he was over in the war. He was he was a desert rat, so he was in he kind of went not in D Day, but he went from Africa up the way through Italy. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. You know, kind of they did that the whole Monte Cassino thing and all that. So he uh-huh. he he kind of did that, um, and then my maternal grandfather he wasn't at D Day because he was on boats. He was Navy. So they did the whole the Russian runs to supply the mm. Russians, where they were getting attacked by yeah. sort of subs all the time and everything like that. But, they were playing but up yeah, there I mean these, these these are not military people. Do you know what I mean? They're not, but they all had to just do what they had to do to to win that war. Yeah. Ultimately, it's it's interesting. And when we come back from this real quick uh, 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 spot from our our sponsors, Grow Generation, um, I'll I'll point point out uh something that that changed shortly after world war war ii grow generation where the pros go to grow grow generation is your one-stop shop for hydroponic grow supplies product systems and more grow generation serves customers across the nation and carries a wide inventory of renowned cultivation brands go to www.growgeneration.com where the pros go to grow all right, thanks for that, Grow Generation. Please go check check them out. Um, so one of the, one of the things a lot of people notice in in this movie is you got this captain running running things, and in the modern army, uh, that's n- not the way way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the non commissioned officer corps, uh, the modern ver- version of it, came about because of the epic. 
amount of stress and failure of what they put on the uh uh majors and below so you're you're talking your battalion xos and and below um during vietnam and mm -hmm. uh world war ii uh and i guess you could say say korea but korea is really just an extension of world war ii to a degree and um uh they they really change change things up to today you your your platoon leaders are are there and usually on on ground they'll be in vehicles on patrols with you and 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 whatnot uh but they still do a majority of an of an admin thing they're the legal authority the captain at a at a company level and you're when you're talking about operating army so your infantry cav scouts your your tankers even your your engineers combat construction things like that the captain is almost all uh, admin, very, very little c command, actual m movement of troops other than like picking which platoon is going to do which project, which he's going to take the advice of the, the lower his, his subordinates, his platoon leaders on, yeah. on that. And what so. But, they did, but I think in World War Two, America didn't have time. For any of that, you no, know, no, you were an isolationist country. Yeah, yep. that's, you know, that's what I'm getting at. Point. Is they basically the reason why Captain Miller is a captain in this case is he had a college degree. Yeah, it, it was really the World Wars going and and saying, oh, college educated people are more likely to be smarter, which we all know is that, that an academic pedigree does not mean intelligence correct, <laughs> or, no. or, or wisdom. But that's why he basically went through the ranks and ended up an officer. He had a degree. Think about that. English teacher, officer, and not only that, uh, but you happen to be naturally uh, physically fit and a good shot so ranger infantry officer holy fuck i mean you got to think about how like the today to be an officer what it takes i mean it's it's more than just yeah. having a simple degree i mean if, it, if oh, that yeah. was the case how many people would no. would go in the military so that they could get the pay of an officer i mean it's yeah and know. some someone once asks asked why why wouldn't you want to be an uh, an officer because they they make more money and the simple fa fact is is what do you you want to do because no matter what at one point in your career you're going to become an an administrator at a battalion brigade division mm -hmm. division level it's going that's part of your career career path even if you want to be a command sergeant major uh uh at uh, in your career on the enlisted side, so enlisted side, that's the highest rank at you know, depending at what, yeah. what level. But that that's it. That's the that's the top. You're going to do stints of admin staff staff positions, years uh, of it, and um. So and the, most of these the, people just don't want to be pen pushers. I mean, most people right, don't right. join the military to and sit behind the computer desk. The the transition to that admin part happens in the officership a lot faster and is almost permanent so it's yeah. like you only get to place soldier so to speak in the officer world for a few years so Correct. when you, you when when you're looking and i almost sound like my i'm almost recruiting right now 
<laughs> but when you do consider your your career paths, there's always that third option. Nobody really looks at a lot of jobs have uh, something called a warrant officer and you don't get to see a, a warrant officer in, in this, in this movie, but there are other films that, that that's show what warrants. my, that's what my, yeah. um, I think my, one of my granddads was, I think a warrant officer or something like that in the and, Navy. Yeah. In the, a, I don't know. It'd be a different system. I suppose. Yeah, in, the in, UK, the, but. in the U S army, they're usually in the technical jobs and they're the, the book experts mm-hmm. and, and, so they're they, yeah. They come I think he from, was a former engineer. Yeah, so they come that's from. That's why he did that. Um, they'll come from the enlisted ranks. Uh, they only come from the enlisted ranks. You cannot go from commissioned to to warrant. Mm-hmm. You can go go from uh uh, uh enlisted. Can to you warrant, can you start but, off enlisted, then go to like, yes, the school go, to become an yep, officer and take absolutely. that path? Yeah. Absolutely. So, anyways, uh, back to to the mo- movie. Let's talk some war war crimes because we get a a a machine gun nest scene that really shows us. Um, you know, we 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 talk about the dog tag scene. That's mm-hmm. dark humor. They they're you know risking their life for this one guy. They don't understand this is the unit and they're playing and their buddies' dog tags. These are just pieces of metal with names t- to them. But here at this machine gun nest, the uh, decisions made. We they could theoretically go go around. Captain Miller's like, dude, we if we do that, what? Leave it for the next, you know, American patrol to be ambushed because there's a bunch of poor de- dead 82nd Airborne uh, lay, laying on the ground. And uh, uh, Shocky knows where they're at, right down down the road. And yep. um, <laughs> and um, and they decide, okay, look, it's part of winning the war. It's part of our mission and it is the most direct route to our to to ryan to our mission and so they they attempt to take out this machine gun nest and they successfully do at at the cost of doc giovanni ribizzi's character the the medic uh it's uh what is his name as t they just call call him and yeah uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, t and and doc and Mm -hmm. and um it costs him his life and what they're going to do is they're going to make this G- German survivor dig everyone's graves for the Americans and then shoot them. Uh, but mm-hmm. Upham, the translator, dweeby little translator from way back at the beginning of the movie, basically ap- appeals to the the reason, the logic, the 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 human, the 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 rational side of of Captain Miller to be like, dude. You know, this isn't the right. This is what they do, not not what we do. And but they can't take him with him. And Captain Miller makes a choice that ends up biting them in the, in in the ass. Um, I hate the Upham character uh, all throughout this film, from the time he's in, introduced to mm-hmm. his so-called redemption, which isn't a fucking redemption. And I I don't know why they they put it in in here, but. This type of mentality not only happens, but we we know that people have executed enemy combatants that have surrendered uh, yeah. uh, to to, to America. Hey, look, here, here's the thing: thing. Bottom line, up front, pe- people. Since the first human sh- struck another human, they did it dirty. Okay, mm-hmm. every country, every nation every religion every ethnic group every civilization has committed atrocities so there bottom line up front but here 
we get to see Steven Spielberg say it wasn't just Nazis. America did some fucked up shit and considered some some fucked up shit too. Uh, uh, um, Cam, as as the the foreigner and always hearing about the might and the purity of the the that that outside appearance of the military. This is before Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, this is I before mean, Af- Iraq and Afghanistan think, showing some dirty think, stuff. Mm-hmm. What did you think? As a, think? as a, as a, someone from Britain, I think mm-hmm. we are well aware that it's not as squeaky clean as that. I think there was a romanticism about it for Americans because you come into World War Two and World War Two was a just war where you were attacked, where uh, it was good guys versus bad guys. It was good. It was the good aspects mm-hmm. of human nature versus the bad aspects of human nature. Yeah. And it was a war we had to fight and that we had to win. So it's one of the few well, if you morally guys had done your sound job the first wars, time, we wouldn't have had you know? to come, come back. Well, it wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ultimately, you know, those no, it We were selling turns stuff out, to both sides. It turns out it's not e- easy. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, really Hitler should have been attacking the US anyway because they were supplying stuff to Britain and the land lease mm-hmm. system but Hitler did understand that bringing America in wasn't the right move he absolutely would have targeted America later on um, oh, yeah. if, if he had but he wanted to get Russia out the way first of yep. all that was his big target go yes. east for Russia Um but ultimately, that was his big error as well because he couldn't he couldn't do it properly, and all his forces were out in the east, getting devastated, and it allowed there to be the chance for us, you know, everybody else to come in from Get the from the way, from that east coast and uh, sorry west coast and and you know and and get the foothold there because if if the Germans had not attacked Russia, Russia wouldn't have even been in the war. They would have mm-hmm. just stayed out. They were quite happy to just to sit out and not get involved. And then all of those Germans that lost their lives, all that money that was spent attacking the East would all have been focused on defending the West Coast, you know, yeah. and then you're in a completely different kettle of fish. So there's so many aspects to it. But I think it, as a, someone from Britain, you know, we'd been in loads of wars before that. And World War One was just a disgrace a war. Well, why yeah. it was fought, what it was fought for, the, the complete recklessness of how many people were just killed. Um, you know, the 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 things that they used, chemical warfare and everything like that. I mean, far more people died in World War One than World War Two. And for what reason? You know, what was what was the purpose of it? They're still even after it was finished, there didn't seem to be any true purpose other than keeping imperialism. And of course, America were involved in World War One as well, but in a different way, in a different way, I think. And, and you know, I think that's what it is that a lot of Americans then romanticise that we're the good guys. And I think outside of World War Two, where that was true, that's not necessarily true of any other conflict, you know, because there's always two sides to it any war you know um and i think you know that's that's just what you have to accept and and i think as a brit i i accept that you know that that's 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 just the case sometimes you know we're not always in the right all the time um, we're not the white knights right yeah. now uh world, world war Two did have uh more more 
casualties, uh, the civilian casualties especially, upped the numbers uh, in in, uh, in World War Two uh, uh, quite quite a bit. Sure? I'm po- yeah, positive. Worldwide, yes. Yes, worldwide, a hundred percent. So maybe certain. not in Britain, but worldwide. Yeah, yeah. and 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 again, uh, uh, specific combat a- aspects. Uh, it kind of depends on what you're counting as a combat kill but worldwide deaths uh related to the to the wars um 40 million is like a high uh, estimate 20 to 40 million for world war one and uh 55 to 75 80 for world war two yeah winston churchill was kind of the savior for great britain by hunkering down and basically you know having the air raid system put in place for the blitzkrieg mm-hmm. and everything is saved developing radar yeah developing radar, right of, exactly like um, yeah so the, we knew when they were coming yeah the french got the french basically got obliterated in world war ii um uh, yeah and imagine and Eastern why, Europe. man failed as, as, we, as, as the british call them you know i don't mean to offend them but that's just you know we always have this relationship with france as we call them french surrender monkeys <laughs> um so yeah, I mean France didn't do great in World War One either, you know. I mean, yeah. um, but they they were fighting they were fighting a war that was World War One still, you know. Right. And the Germans had advanced, and it was you far know, beyond yeah, that, the and Polish, they just fell the, so yeah. quickly. This Most of Central war. Europe basically that's obliterated by by Nazi Germany. Yeah, uh, but this is yeah. this is what 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 um France went through. Leading up to World War One, okay, the world punished France because of Napole- Napoleon, right? right? Just like yep. the world punished Germany and, and so World War Japan I, which led for the to World, world Wars, War II. exactly. Yeah. And both of those countries suffered, and to this day, still to a degree, suffer and are not militaristically capable of defending themselves. A little bit by choice, and uh, a little bit by not by by choice. Um, so it's an interesting, it, that is an interesting hi- history re- repeating itself. Um, the, the ending of the movie brings us to a, to a big question of, of what is the mission? Uh, what mission ma- matters more? Because when they, when they find Ryan, finally, Matt, Matt Damon's private Ryan, he's joined a group that has been tasked to, to hold one of two last bridges that both the U.S. can cross to push the invasion forward, but also the Germans could come in and mess things up because the U.S. isn't set up yet. They're not ready yeah. ready yet. And they don't know when the backup is coming, and it's just a rag team to, to hold it together. So you get this, this whole thing of, of Captain Miller's team being like, we lost people to save you. Your mother already has three flags. She she wants another. Ryan mm-hmm. being like, but what about my, my mission? What about, you know, these guys that, that died here for, for this bridge? And then Captain Miller's idea of the, the, the war back at the machine gun nest. You know, this will help us win the war. All of these ideologies, it, it it really gives you an in insight to a a service member's mind, because we're not all necessarily serving. We're we're all serving the same cause, but our driving force might not not be the same, and our mission might feel feel differently. Uh, Mike, this this aspect of the film, learning 
all of these visions of what the mission is. What's that like for, for you? And also something I wanted to ask, what do you teach your, your kids about atrocities America has done in modern his, history? So it's interesting um, with American history. It's, it's real like when in teaching it, especially war uh, and conflict in early American history, you see that there's these generations that go about and they all have their linkage to some sort of conflict where they come out as the victor as the, the, you know, the, the white knights, you know, right. so the revolutionary war, uh, early Republic era, um, you know, war, 1812, Mexican you know, war, Mexican yeah. war, then the civil war. Okay. So the civil war was unique because it was the conflict internally. And so it showed that it was, it was a different style of fighting and it was, a, it was against brothers and it was against family members and it was, you know, internal. So while World War One happened and the United States was taken a part of it, this generation that had taken part in World War One really didn't kind of identify themselves as the saviors, right? And they wanted to, yeah. the United States was in a very, uh, an identity crisis. What was going to be the United States? And so yeah. for World War Two, this was that moment. This was that moment for anyone ages 18 to I think the the oldest that they would uh, enlist in active service was 35. It was their moment to say, look, 80 years ago, you know, roughly, we went through a conflict that, you know, challenged our view of democracy and, and the vision of what the founding fathers, you know, wanted this country to be. This is that 45. shining moment. What's that? 45. 45. Okay. 45. 45, <laughs> yeah, 45 years ago. And so it's like, this is that generation that's going to show that, Although we had our issues and although we had our conflict internally, this is what America is about. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to be the, the, the saviors. Now, is it clean cut white and black? We were, you know, the Superman where we do everything by the book and, you know, we don't commit atrocities. No, because war is we, we study history in all aspects of it all around the world that there is a, you know, war is very gray. You know, there's the aspects of it where, you know, you have to commit some sort of type of not necessarily atrocity, but you have to you have to bend that that line a little bit in order to save, you know, sacrifice you to save millions. Right. Type deal. And so this is where it, it, this movie does that that kind of highlight of it. it, you know, whether it's, you know, Upman, you know, trying to, to save a, a Nazi German soldier or, you know, the the do we you know sacrifice five men just to save one man with uh saving private Ryan, you know by you know private ryan and, and bringing him back home um and you know spielberg shows that that's why that this generation you know around the world was the greatest generation because they did make that ultimate sacrifice you what was it five soldiers ended up dying in the movie um what was it ben six. diesel six six for Clinton one man captain yeah yeah captain miller that's right so six men die for one man you know, you could have easily left or the, the mission could have just easily never happened and said, you know what, this mom's going to get four flags and, and her four sons died valiantly, you know, saving the world and stuff and, yeah. and it'd be over with. But what it shows is that, you know, what is it worth to save one man? And it, it, you, you sacrifice six men, but those six men also have to commit certain things that we don't necessarily accept outside of war. Now, inside of war, if you serve, like, uh, that's why I think in, in wartime and you're serving and you're in the military and you have to make a judgment call and it's 
it's something of that, you know, where it's not um, covered by the rules of engagement, then it's very difficult to judge somebody in that moment, yeah. you know? Um, huh. And, and that's where I think this movie does a great, uh, it, it yeah. really challenges that, that mindset. Um, I'll say this about, about it. What it does is it shows something. It shows that even without a well-established ROE, just that general humanity can and and does shine through even mm -hmm. in, in in dark moments you know um uh it it also to me shows that my in my experience the idea of fighting a war to win hearts and minds is oxymoron and and does Correct. not work you Correct. you do one thing with war you you wage it upon your enemy in such a way that they can't wage it back on on you and and you you hope to make it so terrible no one ever wants to do do it to you again however I'll, I'll quote someone that is is very controversial figure in Amer American history, but it is a very poignant quote. Uh, uh, Robert E. Lee of the Confederacy did say, it is good that war is terrible, uh, otherwise men would grow fond of it. Because look at us here talking about these beautiful scenes. And I'm, I'm a person that has seen, you know, bad situ situations up up close and even i can get romantic about a war movie and i can even get romantic about the the times when it was like hey we just had a 916 get hit we don't know know their status Q qrf's rolling out let's go there's there is a hero moment that that happens and it's never as dramatic as it is in the, in the movies but there is a certain aspect to this that that even when we're there, we can say that we're we're doing it for all the right reasons. But there is that that ego in the background that's like, man, this will make a great book book one day. <laughs> yep, you're right. You know, so um, the they they end up staying, of course, to to protect the bridge because that you know America's got to win World War Two, and you may. Right. You made this bridge a part of America winning World War II. And we 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 see that, that Captain Miller and team stay to sacrifice not just for, for Ryan because they sit on him. They're, they, like, block him with their body. They're dragging dragging him all over to keep him safe during this uh, this ambush. Um, but at the very end, like you say, when, when it's revealed that it's – Ryan that survived Captain Miller dies shooting at the tank with a his last full measure man a fucking pistol versus a tank mm -hmm. until the the uh 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 Mustangs or Spitfires showed up and started bla blasting away this whole final scene to me uh first off I'll say out outstanding military uh 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 advisors here your mount training your movement over urban terrain is on point guys i like like it some some of your corners could have been pied better but good job um <laughs> and uh the only thing that drags down the end for me is is up, up them man i just 
I wanted him to just die. I, I did. I wanted him to either off himself. I the the fact that he shoots the 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 steamboat Willie Ger- German at the end does nothing for me as a film moment, as a story moment. I gotta ask ask you guys, does that work for either of you, Cam? No. No, Mike. It it showed me not everyone was a hero in this war. Like it, that's what I like was. that part. Yeah. I like that part. Him being a coward is great. It's yeah. him shooting the German at the end and being like, yeah. "Oh, no. he's okay." Yeah, like that. That to me was, I guess, a, the, like the redemption piece for Hollywood. You yeah, know? some but, lazy mm-hmm. sto- story writing there. Yeah, so. because you know, if you didn't add that piece in, critics would have been like, "How dare you not?" You know, Upham was a, a hero in his own, or not everybody. You know whatever but it it showed me that there was a lot of people drafted or sent over in this war that are not soldiers the exactly yeah and that's i I keep telling i i have so many battle buddies that that served with me that were like oh everyone should serve two years i'm like are you kidding me no 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 not not even not even all of the fit ones should should do do it i can't i can't (laughs) i don't know i I can't think and, you know, there was something to be said for national service, but in the day when I see to people that, you know, like, you know, don't, can't be bothered working or getting any yeah. jobs. And I think sometimes, yeah, I've seen people that join the military and it kind of does sort them out and gives it them does. that work ethic. And it's not as if we're, you know, they're necessarily going into any major conflict. You know, you don't no, need to, but... to do that. They could just be in the military and stay at home. You know, they don't no, have to. But that, that's the thing abroad. here. There's plenty and... of service jobs that you could do in in, in <sighs> for the government or for civil service. Yeah. You know, but that you don't need to serve the, in the military. The military itself, and and this is this is one thing that a lot of people that don't have either first or at least second hand experience with the u.s military what makes the u.s military the u.s military is its training it's the fact that literally there's only one job that doesn't care carry a weapon and that's the chaplain Mm -hmm. the chaplain's assistant is a trained killer while they prepare for for uh um uh communion or for a service and all of that they they are also the ones at the range because they're the chaplain's guard uh the u.s military's training is top notch and what we can do do with a squad another country needs a platoon needs 30 people to do what i can do do with 12 and it all comes down down to to technology and and training and it's why we're a able to do what we do and be as small as we are and people are like oh but you have you know over five hundred thousand active uh uh army alone you know two million uh active and reserve total across the board almost yeah that's really small when you consider how many countries we're in how many service members are stay stationed abroad how many fleets we have the fact that we got 11 carry like right. it all adds adds up and um the the world benefits from that that military military projection and it all came from world war ii um you know this movie i think in i can remember in the 90s in the late 90s when this movie came out the desert storm was 
fairly fresh on pe- people's mind, but it hadn't been ho- Hollywoodized really. Um, Ko- Kosovo and Bosnia were on our minds, but those seemed d- different. You know, they didn't quite seem like a a, a war. And then the, the 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 closest thing we we had was Somalia and Mogadishu with, with Black Hawk Down, which Black was Hawk Down, yep, terrible. But even that was was short. And I I think World War Two was even kind of fading out of favor and here comes Spielberg once again and and look yes obviously Spielberg being a, a, a man of of, Jew, of Jewish her- heritage um uh faith descent whatever f- phrase you you ch- choose to use with it uh famous for uh Schindler's list this movie the passion man I I love it when uh, uh Adam Goldberg char- character uh uh when he kills the one german rightfully so in, in combat and he gets the the knife off of him it's a it's a hitler youth knife or a, a nazi knife and mm-hmm. just the emo- emotion and and Spielberg getting to to put the these stories out there there in hollywood I think saving private ryan may have revitalized the genre in the 90s what yeah do you, because what do you think? Well, yeah, there was quite a few films come out after that you know which um different conflicts but you band know, of brothers came out after saving private ryan i mean yeah and that was arguably yeah. even better than the the movie yeah mm-hmm. yep that's absolutely great um do you guys uh what 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 part of this mo- movie for for each of you guys really hits you you the most either from a, a story film a- aspect or a history or or war aspect I'll go with you Cam I mean it's the beginning in terms of the the DDL landing because you know I've read so much about it I've watched so many documentaries about it but you just don't quite that was a film that made you kind of feel like you really were in it. And that was the first time I think um, anything had ever truly done that for me. Mm. Um, so, you know, if the movie was just the opening alone and then it was a 20-minute movie, you know what I mean? It would still be a classic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike? Um, I'm trying to think of his uh, the actor's name. Um, Which character? The Sniper. Um, oh, uh, Barry P- Pepper, uh, Private Barry- Jackson. Yeah, um, Barry Pepper. His character to me was the one I always remembered um, because it, he was the sniper. Uh, but he always did the the you know the prayer before you know going, and it was kind yeah. of the that that conflict. You know, you're, you're a religious man. You're you're going you know into war, and your your job is to kill another man, but you're at the same time keeping your morals and, and values together and stuff. So it's kind of that. He, he really stuck out for me because that really showed me that it was like I was in high school and it was showing me that, you know, that this was a very conflicted war. You know, this was this was um, just regular men being called to, to action and, you know, and and keeping his his job in mind, his, you know, keeping, the, you know, the the men around him protected, you know, but at the same time being a religious man. And so that. I, don't, I was one. I think I'm one of the few people that you know um, think of that when it, when you think of Saving Private Ryan. Of course, you you know you go to to, to D Day or you know mm-hmm. the Tom Hanks' character. Mm-hmm. But for my Barry Pepper, for whatever reason, it's just like he he stuck with me on that. I get that, yeah. man. I can get that. I I I'll 
you know, give my my point on on that. Um, my prayer before heading out in in Iraq and the few times I did in Afghanistan because uh, I didn't go out as as much the last last two times as I did the first first time. And by out, I mean out, outside of the base, out the outside of the wire on a patrol or convoy, whatever. There's so many di different terms people use <laughs> these days versus what we did in 05 and 06. But but I usually just said, hey, if I gotta, if I have to shoot, let me hit what I need to hit and get home. Right. I'm going to aim. I I don't inshallah. That's the the uh, Islamic uh uh God will uh basically if God wills it, so God will it. Uh, that's how they shoot over there. The the insurgents believed in 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 shallah they basically what americans call pray and spray right or spray and pray mm -hmm. uh i will always aim to hit my target because i don't want to give you a chance to hit me but i i too dealt with that where it's like i don't i don't want to and when you are presented with um when you're presented with that that moment uh you 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 can be very thank thank thankful for training um, people think that we're brainwashed in the military. We're not brainwashed at all. Cam's said it earlier. We're taught how to sh shove certain things down, shunt yeah. something away right. to complete a mission. To, to do your job. And then we, pr we, we, we process it later. And that's called PTSD. <laughs> well, so... and, and if you think about it in, in modern sports today, think of it like, you know, you're teaching, you know, kids or, you know, to you know, whether it's a baseball game, basketball, football, you know, hide your emotions, focus on the, you know, the, the task at hand, do that repeat rep repetition, repetition. That was the one thing I learned. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got to go to Paris Island for, and, and kind of observe some of the training that they did there. And it, it's all repetition and just yeah. kind of just instilling it in your brain so that when that time does come, there is no thinking it's all pure muscle memory and action. And that's what we, you know, in sports, you know, for kids today, that's what it is. It's, it's repetition and practice so that when the uh -huh. time comes, it's, it's there, you know, it's yeah. crazy. We have uh, a standard ROE procedure used to be called shout, shove, show, shoot. in in the army back in the day, they, they've changed it multiple times and it could be, you could cut out some of the S's and, and rearrange them de depending on the situation. But in training, you always, you know, you're shouting, hey, stop, don't move, don't come any closer, put, Correct. put the weapon down, uh, uh, showing, you know, hey, I've got a weapon, cock it, you know, go ahead and cha chamber, chamber around, eject one if you'd already had one, just to show them that, yes, this is loaded and, and ready, shove if they got too close or something like that, and then, of, of course, shoot. What people don't realize is that the the uh escalation of force is what that that's called the escalation of force can happen in like three seconds from hey stop what you do boom done because you you literally as soon as you said stop they lifted the weapon and you that that's it you you didn't even get to go go th right. th through all of it but in your brain you you did it you you do it all and um it, it's it's an interesting thing that's why captain miller sits there accepts I'm going to die, but I'm going to die shooting at this tank because that's that's my job job, that's my mission. That's what I'm I'm going to do. And and I my favorite part would have been that, but in all honesty, it's that scene 
very early on in the, their mission, walking, bullshitting with each other, and the and the captain uh, uh, saying, you know, I I accept this mission, I'm, and I would gladly gladly give my life and the life of my men, especially you, you Riven, for Private Ryan. I I mm-hmm. to to me, that is the United States Army. I and I I love it. I love this. And the this joking around of what foobar means. Yes. Oh god. That's like that's like when you say you get a new new private in and you're like doing a a, a project and they don't know all the t- tools yet, right? So you're like, right. "Hey, private Snuffy, come here. Uh go ask Sergeant First Class Smith for a pricky 7. I need a pricky 7 to do this <laughs> job. And an E7 is the enlisted uh pay grade for a Sergeant First Class. So you go ask uh, uh, this sergeant first class, hey, can I get a prick E7, a prick E7, get, get it? And old jokes like that all all happen. You can get soldiers to get uh, exhaust example or exhaust mm-hmm. samples from That's trucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the brotherhood there. Yeah, that, that, that to me is it. And um, yeah, guys, I just, you know, to uh, – all the people that survived uh, uh, D-Day, um, especially if they're still alive, we we couldn't be more humbled uh, by even getting a, a a Hollywood dramatized glimpse of what you went yeah, through. That's that's true. Yeah. And I think we could all say bravo and th- thank you to Steven Spielberg and his team for providing. I definitely put this in my my top five war movies of yes. all time. Yes, I agree. So yeah, um, I did want to offer with the these these war movies. Uh, um, I don't. I am. I was a construction en- engineer. Uh, my dad was infantry, but I know that a lot of people have questions about uh, military and th- things like that. And as we do things, if you guys in the comments want to ask anything, uh, feel free to. But did did Cam or Mike, uh, you asked some things throughout, but did either of you guys want to, to ask anything about any tactical stuff or, you know... Any Not really, because I, I mean, I, I understand, you know, because certainly World War Two, I understand how, especially that period, DD, how it was fought, because there's so much been. I mean, it's been talked about. I mean, I come from Britain, you guys come from America. It's it's on the TV and always will yep. be, you know. So you know, historians have studied that conflict. And and in, you know, in a way that we just didn't have really with any previous war you know um and you know there's so much footage and everything as well you know that they've they've still got these it's not necessarily a combat itself but the kind of after effects and people are coming into towns and you know what it all looked like they can colorize it all these days so i don't think so for that but once we get into kind of different conflicts i mean because you know certainly i don't have that i don't understand military as such you know and and the likes of the Civil War, for example, in America, that's just a conflict I'm not very familiar with at all, you know? Yeah. But don't really learn it at school in our country, you know? Yep. So I wanted to offer that opportunity for whenever we, we do these these podcasts and things like that. Um, been a lot of fun, guys. What do you think, Mike? Fun? I think, yeah, it's a, I think it was a, a great topic, like great discussion. You know, anytime you can 
you know, incorporate history into to film is great. And to have a group of men, you know, from different backgrounds talking about it and, you know, discussing what they enjoyed from it and kind of, you know, not necessarily describing what, you know, fact and fiction, but just kind of getting into the, 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 like the brotherhood about it and why this, this, you know, these movies are so well accepted. I'll definitely have more questions for you when we do more modern movies like, yeah. like Black Hawk Down and stuff. Um, Cause for, as a history teacher, I was, you know, uh, uh, World War II, Civil War, uh, Revolutionary War. I've got that's those down. Yeah. That's my bread yeah. and butter, but more the modern war movies. That's where I like, I'm intrigued. And it's like this, you know, where does Hollywood take their liberties away from, you know, the actual real, um, you know, mm-hmm. real life events. Yeah. And uh, uh, I look forward to that. And hopefully speaking of the civil war, like uh, uh, Cam mentioned next month uh, for the anniversary of the battle of Gettysburg, we'll be discussing the movie Gettysburg. Uh, Which, up front, I have never watched. Yep. So that will be a Ooh, new experience for save me. Save yourself some time to watch it that is one. Is four, hour, is four hours. Is it four, four hours? hours. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's for but it, dude, yeah, believe it or not, I, it's actually a pretty. I it's mean, Mike, good. it's a pretty good four hours, isn't it? No, no, like, it's good. It's definitely yeah. good. But it, it, like for you know, World War Two D Day is the, the moment for civil, American Civil War. Gettysburg is it? That's yeah, yeah. yeah I get, yeah. It. I get. Yeah. It. You know, I, I've watched a few documentaries on yeah. on the Civil War, and you know, um, I'm a big fan of the yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly, which kind of. You know, there's other yeah. around that war, but you mm-hmm. know, and there's plenty of other cowboy films that have skirted oh, around yeah. the war as well. And I've watched, you know, like Custer, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So there's there's a little bit of I've got that knowledge, but you know, I've never watched Gettysburg, no, probably because you know it was a four hour movie and it, it just maybe didn't play on TV here as a kid, yeah. you know, maybe as much as it did in America. I don't know. It's good it, though. It's yeah, good. It, it's not on TV much here because of the length of it. Um, but yeah, it's the kind of, so it's the movie to show kind of the, 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 the totalitarian, like uh, the totality of the war. Um, mm-hmm. there's other ones that are out that are more recent that I think are, are better at showing kind of certain aspects of like, um, pre-stated Jones with Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. does a great example of showing how conflicted the Confederacy was. Like it wasn't just everyone in the confederacy was pro-slavery pro-confederacy it, it, it shows both sides no and, and that would be and the then, same um, one you know lincoln is a, as well yeah, it wasn't yeah. as simple as it yeah and but, lincoln is a good one as well um yeah. showing how how divided the union really was Dude, and how difficult you uh, lincoln's presidency was i didn't watch i didn't watch lincoln because i i have a hate relationship with president lincoln because for you know me, I'm a, I'm a constitutionalist. So correct. So first off, what he did while was great, uh, the proclamation was technically unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm messing around, guys. I said it was a good th- <laughs> thing. Relax. My thing is, I hate that that we do not teach in school generally. You got to find special history t- teachers to say. By the way, while Lincoln was anti-slavery, he was still a white supremacist did not believe in mixed marriages and at one time considered recolonizing Africans back to South America and Africa. (laughs) Oh yeah. We could go, we could go on a long, yeah. yeah. That's another history movie we can go and analyze that straight down the road. You know, again, Lincoln, because he was killed, 
I think is is deified almost, you know, by Americans is um but you know, humans are humans and they have good and they have bad points. Exactly. It's like, it's you know, Winston context. Churchill was, you know, the right man to lead, you know, Britain during World War Two. Right. But after when he got the job again later on, he, he was a failure. You yeah, know, he, you know, he wasn't the right man for you know, and he was a old fashioned imperialist yeah. and he couldn't get along with the modern world. But for that moment in time, he it, was the man we exactly. needed because we were the fail without him, you and, know, and it's just that's the way it goes. And that's my point, and and we'll get to talk about it a lot with with Gettysburg is mm-hmm. co- context because in America we have a discussion right now about whether or not we should have schools named after Washington and and Jefferson because of their their status as slave owners yeah. Yeah. in the context of the of the time. While at the same time, we're having nobody... the same conversations. Right. You know, like Glasgow is named every street in Glasgow, which is my closest city in Scotland, is named after slave owners. Right. You know, and um, um, and, and merchants that were were, were taking slaves to, right. to America. And then you have Lincoln, who is you know in in presidential debate letters and things like that, saying, "Yeah, uh, the white race is superior." He did at one time uh, consider recalling it, and people don't apply. The, the outrage e- equally is all, but yeah. you know, we're, we're getting beyond the topic of the movies and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I hope Starting you guys, yeah, I hope you guys will in, uh, continue to uh, enjoy the battle world podcast, po- battle world podcast here uh, at the genre verse brought to you by LRM online. Uh, LRMonline.com is where you, you can find all of your entertainment news, needs, and opinions, amazing stories, wonderful inter- interviews. Uh, we have a crapped, ton that's the actual legal definition a crap ton of podcasts covering marvel and star wars a daily show called the daily cog we've got got breaking geek radio a lot of really cool things for you guys to check out on the youtube channel so make sure you're subscribed there and subscribe to uh wherever you get your your uh podcast from to lrm's genre verse podcast network it's free all that content audio only don't have to look at my 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 ugly face just listen to my <laughs> terrible voice uh i'm at that kyle malone on twitter uh shocky tell us a bit about you and and anything you've got going coming up for the site or about the site since you're the the, the head honcho i don't know if i'm the head honcho i just maintain the sub head honcho yeah the sub head <laughs> honcho uh you can find on twitter at lrm underscore exclusive um like kyle said we're we're making the the, the big change to on the podcast network to the John reverse and we're trying to add more topics of discussions and trying to branch out further uh, on LRM online. So uh, make sure you keep checking in and, you know, put, you know, questions and, and things in the comment section so we can keep adding on and keep, you know, expanding this website. Outstanding cam. What about yourself? And yep. I mean, my main role is the kind of the LRM online.com actual website itself, uh, writing, you know, stories, making sure that, you know, and really, when it comes to that, we have different writers covering sort of different subjects. My main focus is in the big, the big franchises, you know, so the Marvels, the Star Wars, the DC stuff, the, you know, the fantasy stuff that's coming out. So, you know, our job is to just try and get that information, whatever's happening, spoilers, rumors, um, just breaking news or whatever, and get that out to you guys as, as quickly as we, as we can, you know, and hopefully with some opinions that go along with it as well. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Give some tips. Uh, make some suggestions for movies. Cam is going to get to choose the movie for August. Uh, um, so I, I have no idea what he what he wants to do. <laughs> so, some I, the only thing I can think of is like, do you want to watch like Waterloo or just one of the Zulu movies or no, something? No, <laughs> I'm joking no, around. I'm not actually a fan. <laughs> of, a lot of those types of films. I mean, we I could I should have said Braveheart, which was oh, my yeah, country's yeah. great war when we when we won our independence against, you know, England. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I call that a war movie, you know. Um, I suppose it is a war movie. Yeah, it's a war movie. But if I'm thinking what my favourite war movies are, they're the stuff from the Vietnam War. Oh, all right then. Um, well, stay tuned, so. guys, and find find out what that is. But look for, forward to Gettysburg next month and again to the D-Day uh, uh, uh Veterans, those that gave their lives on on the beaches behind the enemy lines. Thank you, guys. We are humbled. The world is thankful. God bless you all. Thank you, guys, all for listening. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 